Okay, welcome to Drunk Valorant, episode number 36. Um, we are once again down a member. Uh, Chase is, is still on vacation. What a weenie. Yeah. Um, Funny thing about that, um, me and Cass uh, were having some back and forth about when we would have this episode. And I thought, you know, Cass has some stuff going on. What if, uh, you know, I'm the only one available and I record the podcast by myself? <laughs> I did have that thought. Thankfully, it has not come to that. That would be interesting. Yeah, because I, I fly home on Friday. But even then, like, I'm planning on being able to record when I'm back at home. Like, that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, I'm going to have to download, like, some software, namely being Discord and Streamlabs, onto uh, whatever computer I'm using when I get back to uh, my parents' place. But, like, and then I might be on, like, a separate mic setup and headset setup. I don't know. My sister said I could use her headphones, but, like, I don't know how well the mic is that's attached to them. So I might have to get, like, a separate yeah. freestanding mic. I don't know. Whatever. You'll You guys will find out next week when you listen to it. Um, but in the meantime, Hunter and I are here and we are once again recording another podcast on our lonesomes. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I know last week's episode hasn't been out too long at the recording of this, so we haven't gotten a ton of feedback on how just the, um, you know, the original sentiment of, uh, the podcast and how it came to be and whatnot has, um been received but uh i hope you guys enjoyed it because we're going right back into it hunter what drink yeah. you got in your hand yeah so i have three different drinks um because I can't, now i can't oh, remember oh, I big on baller podcast, so just to you um Cass, did i say on podcast about how chef brought me some special beers i feel like i didn't yeah um well, I'll go cover it really that's quickly. a great I question i do place. remember hearing about this before but once again i'm yeah. struggling to to recall I think it was whether it was on podcast or not. Okay, it so might anyway, have been on I, uh, podcast though. Well, I'll say it really quickly in case you know maybe someone's new. This is the first episode they've ever listened to, so they they don't know what I'm talking about anyway. So I work for a catering kitchen, and the head chef uh, went to um, uh, a place that was very close to Dogfish Head, the brewery, and he brought back a four pack of Tall Boys for everyone in the kitchen of beer that, according to him, I was kind of surprised there are so many different varieties, so I was somewhat doubtful, but I haven't bothered to look it up, so I'll trust him. He said all the varieties of beer that he brought for us are, like, cans that you can only get, like, from the brewery, that they don't, like, distribute them, even though, obviously, Dogfish Head does distribute a lot of beer. So, I'm starting off, I'm just going to talk through each beer, like, when I get into it. No, I'm not going to cover all three at once. Starting off uh, really good with the uh, Horkin Heap Load. Uh, Imperial IPA. This is coming in at a solid nine uh, percent, and it is a hearty modern Imperial IPA stu- stuffed with a luxur- luxuriously huge quantity of extra fragrant American hops, all of which are piled atop atop a soft biscuity malt base for a lip smacking glass of hop loving goodness. And it li- it lives up to that. It has nine- a really <clears throat> like. What'd you say? Well, I was just thinking, like nine percent or Imperial IPA sounds like a sounds like she packs a punch. Yeah, yeah, it, it is very hop forward as you would expect, but it does have like a. It's not creamy because it's not milk, but it does have like like they said a very soft, like nice aftertaste and flavor that kind of hits you a second. 
So it's surprisingly easy drinking, despite the initial punch in the mouth when you take a sip. So I'm really, I'm really enjoying it so far. Hmm. Alrighty. Uh, Chase, what do you have for us this week? Classic. Another mojito and a pina colada. Island shit, huh? <laughs> well, Chase, oh, um, hope you're enjoying those. Um, yep. I have a, I'm once again, I'm, I'm going back into the Collective Arts Brewing. I've had a couple of these on the podcast before, um, but they do a bunch of like creative stuff and none of their stuff, like they're, they're all like limited releases, like nothing they make you can like consistently buy. Um, now the one that I currently have right now, I might need to stock up on a couple of, cause this is damn good. Um, I have a strawberry pina colada sour. Ooh. Now, for those Ooh. of you who do not like lactose in your beer, this ain't for you. But, like, this beer is dead on with their name. Okay, this is going like, to sound dumb. Does a pina colada normally have, like, milk? Um, it, it's got, like, coconut cream. Okay, okay, so like, that's like, not like, lactose. Like, so that's interesting no. that this has lactose. Yeah, okay, in. but, like, it's it's a beer. Like, lactose in beer is, like, fairly common. Well, Yeah, yeah, common. first, I like Ish. lactose in beer. I just was surprised, given those flavors, that it did have oh, lactose. Oh, I see. Well, you, okay, I so you use, you use... Okay, if you're making a pina colada, pretty much everybody uses this product called Coco Lopez, which is not exactly cream of coconut. I don't know exactly mm. what it is, but, like, it is not literally cream of coconut um it's like a combination of a bunch of things that's canned in this product called coco lopez and if you ever make a pina colada you use one of these cans um but oh yeah i i didn't know the name but i've opened many of those cans uh, when i used to work at a bar um it's like the only thing you ever use to make pina coladas and it's interestingly it doesn't actually have any dairy in it i looked it up Hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure this beer has lactose in it. Like, I, I, I could be off about that, but, like, it kind of tastes like it does. So like I'm I mean, it sounds it delicious to me. I would drink it. I just thought that was interesting that, that you said that. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't on second taste. I don't know. Either way, fucking incredible. It, like, it is literally its namesake. It's a pina colada that has, cool. like a backdrop of strawberry to it and it's a sour beer um actually really really good and i've had a lot of pina colada styled beers and this is the first one that i feel like really nails that flavor like it really nails the pina colada aspect of it very cool very cool either way incredible um I'm going to have to go to the store and buy some more of these before they, um, before they run out. Alrighty. Um, well, first thing on the docket today, as far as Valorant stuff is related is, uh, we're going to, we're going to briefly cover the new skin pack. Um, something Hunter suggested we do. And, uh, he's intentionally held off from telling me his opinions on it so that we can do it on podcast. So Hunter, you want to? Want to kick us right off with that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the Prelude to Chaos skin pack was wildly popular. 
Um, judging by how often I've seen them in game, the, the different skins from it, and I think it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I really, know, I really haven't seen them a ton in game. Now, admittedly, I haven't oh. been playing a ton of the game. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe West Coasters held off on the pack, and East Coasters are yumming it up. I don't know, but uh, yeah, um, they finally gave Cass a unique reload. So they took a as they often do. It seems like after they put out like a really like premium pack, they often then pivot to like a really non-premium pack, and so that's what they're doing here. But I just wanted to talk about this pack because the moment I saw it, I was like, I, I just wanted to throw up. I mean, new pack is so gross. Ah <laughs> uh, oh, man, I don't have my Valorant pulled up. I'm gonna have to. Oh. I have to look up what the name Dude, is that's... right now. That, that... <laughs> okay, that's really funny that that was your opinion on it because I thought you were gonna come out with like. A sneaky curveball and be like, you know, I kind of like it. That's what I thought you were going to come no, out with. No, no, they're so bad. Mm. No. Yeah. yeah okay. I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Sorry, do you want to say something, Cass? Mm. I was just going to go ahead and agree that in general, not a fan of the skin pack. Price but, point, though, pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, you could spend $50 worse, I guess, in Valorant. Um. You could buy a, you know, you could spend half of that on a glitch pop vandal, <laughs> which I did and regret. You own a glitch pop vandal. <laughs> yes, yes, I said I regret it. Yeah. I mean, I um, I own the glitch pop vandal too, but I love mine. Mine's sick. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So this new pack is called the Sarmod. I had to look it up, and I think one of the reasons why this this pack strikes me as one of just the worst packs ever or the worst skins ever is that. It really bothers me when they bring out something that has, you know, some really interesting design touches, but then just the overall product just looks awful. Like, they're clearly going for, like, Egyptian, like, god figures here. Like, the Frenzy has, like, a wolf behind it. The uh, Phantom has, like, wings for the stock and is, is like, a bird of some sort. Um, and then the, uh, the, the knife is, you know, doing something a little bit different. But, you know, just the overall weird flowy lines and, like, the colors not really going well together. Like, I don't have the disdain for unanimated skins that Cass has uh, in general. Like, I thought the Titan male skins well, were kind of all right. I don't dislike unanimated skins. I'm just not uh, paying money for it. I see. I see. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Except for the Poly, um, the Poly Fox is the one exception to that that I might buy. <laughs> Too bad you can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just—it's just such a—it's such such a bummer. And like, I just feel like anyone who I see with this skin, I'll just judge them because if, if at least if they're at least if they're rocking like a smite or a uh, you know a uh, hive mind, there's like some irony to it. There's like, oh, this skin is like just so incredibly dumb. Or even like a Lux, it's like either you, you know, just really like the skin for some reason, or you're using it ironically. But I just feel like anyone who bought this skin, like, what are you doing with your money? All right, it's it's sad. Uh, Riot needs to up their game a little bit on the uh, designs of the non-animated skins. I feel I, I'm like. not okay. Still, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm not as against it as you are. Um, like you know, I I, I think the knife is. 
Yeah, it's like it's like a dual knife that's like the same on both sides. You know, it's not like those like that one that has like a massive fucking sword and a teeny dagger, and like they look yeah. disgusting and they take up way too much of your screen. Like the, these are fine. Like the knives are fine. Um, do I love them? No, but like they're okay. And then, as you pointed out, because it's very Egyptian god related, I feel like there's some potential for some future synergy. With a character. Because, like, you know, we, we've... I don't know if we've discussed this on podcast or not before, but, like, obviously... A bunch of the packs that have come out synergize better with certain agents than others. And Riot themselves knows this, because when they... When you hover over the animation level to see, like, how the gun performs, like, especially for the animated ones... A certain agent is holding that gun. And they typically pick yeah. a very appropriate agent to be holding the gun while they're showing off what all the animation effects do. Um, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the people who are in charge of designing skin packs kind of be like, yo, like, well, what if we what if we do something that is, like, thematically fits very well with, like, such and such agent, right? Um, and so I feel like there's the potential for future synergy in this pack. Mm. So it could be a, a hint that the next agent will be Egyptian. Interesting. Or just at some point, there might be an Egyptian agent. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing there will be at some point, because it seems like they're trying to, you know, add agents for all of the re- countries that have a good bit of people in, in them. Right. And, um, like, you know, if they do at some point decide to add an Egyptian agent, like, there could be some synergy there. Yeah, maybe. I, I just like, looked at it and I was like, I mean, ugh. But I think, see what you're saying. Do you think Smite works better with Neon than it would with another uh, agent? Because, like, when Smite was released, Neon wasn't in the game. But, like, now there's some potential synergy. Is it a well, good pack? He, no. But, like, there's something there. Well, here's the thing, Cass. You know, there's synergy in the sense that there's lightning on the Smite guns and Neon uses electricity. Yeah, synergy. So, like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know how much synergy that is because synergy is great when, you know, you're in your clips when you have a gun in your hand, it goes well with it, you know, feels like it goes with the agent or the enemy sees you with it or your teammates are like, oh, wow, that goes nicely with you. And I, I don't feel like the blues of the smite go particularly well with neons, just other shades of blue. So uh, I think synergy might be overstating it. It's more like a thematic connection. But um, there's something there that did not exist in the yeah. game prior. I, I suppose. Okay. Like, I, th- I think synergy. The best example of synergy is Phoenix with the Elder Flame pack. He was that was one of the cases where I kn- uh, they had Phoenix holding the guns in the uh, in the in the video showing off the animation. <clears throat> and, yeah, sorry. Uh, I... Yeah, go ahead. What were you saying? Oh no, no. I was, like I, I wasn't sure if you were pausing for me. I just kind of choked on my beer for a sec there. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you were trying to say something. No, no. I, I just accidentally kind of choked on my beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's that good. You're gulping it down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like Phoenix, not only does it fit thematically that, you know, fire with the dragon's mouth and with him being able to put fire out of his hands. Um, I also feel like the guns tend to look really good with Phoenix because they're bright and colorful, which matches his personality and the fact that he, his outfit is kind of stylish, but not that colorful. So if you see a dragon in Phoenix's hands, it goes really well with him, not just the the thematics. Whereas I feel like this might 
and the future Egyptian agent, it's just kind of, you have to think about it, which you don't really have a lot of time for <laughs> when you're watching a clip or, like, playing a game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Like, if I was a KO main, I'd probably own the entirety of the RGX, both packs. Yeah. Um, I already own one of them. So, but it just required me buying one more. Um, but, you know, like, yeah. yeah I feel I like played... Protocol is better for KO. Protocol works really well with KO, too. You know, like, KO's had a bunch of packs that yeah. it works pretty well with. Um, I think Killjoy works really well with Glitch Pop. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play Killjoy. <laughs> I, I believe Riot uses Jet to show off the Ion skins, which I believe is probably the best agent that they have to show them off with. Just because, like, yeah. and, you know, obviously Ion coming out as one of the, like, first or earlier skin lines, like, it probably wasn't designed around a particular agent the same way I think that perhaps the Protocol and the RGX skins were. Um, yeah, obviously there's some agent synergies that exist. Like the yeah. Nunca Olvidados with, like, Reyna. I mean, that one was, Oof. like, quite literally built just for her. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, it was built for Mexicans, and Reyna is Mexican. Because, like, I don't think this, once again, I don't think the skin looks like it fits well with Reyna's, like, character design. Oh, yeah, I think, I think it's it kind of does. To... Okay, I have to look it up now since you meant, since you said that. Hmm. Uh, all those, co- oh, I don't know about that one. Maybe we just have different aesthetic opinions, but, like, I don't know, when yeah. you brought up the whole idea of, like, oh, let's talk about these skins, like, on the podcast and like yeah. uh, keep in mind roughly five minutes before we started recording this podcast i had not seen seen the skins at all yet i didn't yeah, even yeah. know they were in the game um i was like oh they probably came out with a new sick animated pack let me go pop them up and take a look if hunter like wants to talk about them and then i just pop them up and i'm looking and i'm like wait these are non-animated like <laughs> like why are yeah. we even discussing this i just wanted to vent about them mm. such a i just saw them and immediately wanted to uninstall the game understandable not, not that far um understand that wraps that up yeah um okay so now outside of the skins there were there were some updates made to the game a couple of minor changes which we've we've discussed uh in mm. an earlier episode now i haven't actually played any of said agents or against said agents since the changes were put in so I don't actually have any personal experience against it, but the KO change worked the way that I feared, and his grenade can now wall bang destroy Killjoy's all, which is the most bullshit interaction I've ever seen in this game. Yeah, Killjoy needs love. It, it, it's more but nerfs. It's more bullshit than me dying after I TP away his chamber. That's saying something, because I've heard you complain about that a lot. Like, that's fucking infuriating. I don't even play Mm -hmm. Killjoy or KO. And this is the stupidest interaction that I can think of in the entire game. Yeah. Like, with a raise nade, you need to get the nade to the right place, right? Sova shock darts don't do damage through walls. Uh, Mollies in general do not do damage through walls. Um, 
Breach Aftershock is is a special piece of utility that like Breach's entire kit is designed about him putting you through utility through walls, and so regardless of whether I enjoy that ability interaction or not, it's it's fair, it's fine. That's how Breach's kit works. This is the stupidest fucking interaction that you could possibly have introduced into this game. Well, Cass, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna you know make you even more angry probably. Um, that that is agreeing with you. So I just found out because of playing a game where this happened today that not only does Ko's nade uh, not need line of sight anymore, it's not actually just a surface nade now. The entire orb does damage. You know wasn't how there's like, like a yeah, wasn't it like that before? Well, now underneath the like the part of half of this full sphere that's underneath where you throw the mine now does damage, like full damage. I see. Yeah, so I I had a, a buddy of mine. He was uh, on one HP as Ko. He was on Pearl. He threw his Molly up into heaven on B site and then walked under heaven and died to his own nade because of the sphere of it. That's pretty and funny. And I just thought. That's yeah, even more like, bullshit. Like now, to, yeah. yeah, now you can use it to, like... Like, I, I know people have been talking about the fact that you can now throw it to stop people on A-side Ascent from swinging out Heaven, and it'll also clear that corner in Hell. Yeah. Um, As, like, a little twofer. Uh, but, like... Like, I, in general, I don't have a problem with KO's grenade not needing line of sight. I think that's fine. I think it should now no longer be able to break Killjoy's ult. If that's the interaction yeah, you're going with. I, or, I do agree. Or you come up with a circumstance in which, like, for certain aspects, it needs line of sight. And I can't think of... Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else it shouldn't be able to break. But I feel well, like it, cast... it just should okay. not be able to break Killjoy's fucking... Uh, uh, alt through a fucking wall. One thing that they could do, Cass, is they could say that basically it be, it needs line of sight for full damage, and anything that's not line of sight does like half or like a third damage, like just a little bit of chip damage. So that way you're still rewarded for like placing your nade precisely, but like you still get some value if it's a little bit off. Because I feel like it would be very difficult to then, like, to, to like, say you can only do certain things without line of sight. I feel like that gets a little too uh, complicated. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't love, like, overly complicating certain interactions. Mm-hmm. Especially in a game that tries to, like, streamline things. But, like, I like this is just too far. Like, Killjoy's already yeah. gotten fucked in a half by other agent changes that aren't directly related to Killjoy. Oh, and by changes that are related to Killjoy, both. Sure, but the changes that were related to Killjoy were, like, fair and reasonable. Well, I mean, do you want me to take you through the the history of Killjoy nerfs? <laughs> not not entirely, but like, sure, we can go through them. I mean, okay, the yeah, biggest I'll, I'll one that she got was she used to have global utility. 
and then they unglobalified it to give Cypher a place. Well, okay, so yeah, that that was step one, and Which the was idea fair. of well, well, here's the thing. So the idea of giving Cipher a place and differentiating him from Killjoy that makes sense, especially since Killjoy's uh, arguably Killjoy's turret is much more difficult to deal with than uh, like a, a tripwire um, or a cam. So like if you're in the location, so I think I think that was fine. But when they did it, they said, okay, so. Um, what we're going to do to compensate for that is we're going to allow her to redeploy her stuff pretty quickly so that now she can reposition her, her kit. Um, if she's like, oh, well, I'm, I don't want to be in this position anymore and I'm going to go outside the, the range of it. And then for whatever reason, and I don't know why, because I didn't, didn't really see anyone complaining about this. They then changed, changed it. So they basically reinstated the long cooldowns after picking up your utility. So... That, that basically it, it 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 was a just it was more of a change rather than a nerf initially because being able to redeploy your stuff is really is nice um and now it's just like a hard nerf and then they changed to like everything can destroy all of killjoy's stuff which maybe makes sense but it still is a pretty big nerf like you just chuck any sort of you know utility and can clear out an entire setup um i feel like there's something i'm forgetting as well but those are those are some of the big ones, um, and yeah, Killjoy's like pick rate and her like power level has just gone like steadily down since she's come out. Yeah, and like somebody online or on Reddit pointed out or made a good point that like is Ko's nade is it a nade or is it a molly? Because mm-hmm. nades don't go through walls, but his now does, and mollies don't do damage to KJ Util, but this one does. Yeah, it's like you're getting the best of both worlds with this, and I think it's fine inherently. But Ko already fucks Killjoy, just yeah, with his ways. his free knife, right? Or his right, or his alt, right? Like you want to get onto a site that Killjoy is supposed to be locking down. You catch her with your knife, or you pop your alt. And now Killjoy is fucking worthless. Outside of just being a gun somewhere on the site. Yeah. But like... And already that's a hard enough counter, I think. To a Sentinel whose sole job it is, is to be like, fuck you, you can't go here. Right, right. And then... They're giving his nade the ability to just absolutely blast through all her utility. I mean, it was already a huge thing where people used to to save Killjoy alt until the other team Sova popped their alt. And now you have to be worried about Sova alt, Brim alt, Breach's Aftershock, although Breach isn't a mainstay pick on a ton of maps. So, like, that's not, like, hugely impactful um, on quite a few Well, yeah, just not... If I could make a very quick tangent, Mm -hmm. one of the biggest Breach maps was split, and now it's gone. So, yeah, Breach's pick rate going to go down overall, probably. Right, but, like, I, I feel like single-handedly the reason why you don't see Killjoy in pro play on Fracture is because Breach is a must-pick on that map. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, it, it just seems like, like, like you just can't get value out of Killjoy's kit anymore. And, like, this, obviously, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Right? Yeah. Like, it, like this isn't, 
oh my god, if they reverse this change to KO's nade, all of a sudden Killjoy is viable again. But, like, it, it, it just seems just like, this is just like another fuck you to people that play Killjoy. Yeah, I agree. And I think Killjoy is in desperate need of some love because, you know, Astra at this point has a reasonably healthy spot at higher levels, despite the fact of, you know, not being... And, and even, even when she was, like, overpowered, she was very highly picked at the pro level and then not that often picked, like, below that. And... um. I think the same, like, I feel like Killjoy, just by nature of the way her kit works, is always going to be similar to that if her kit's in a healthy spot, just for the reason that, um, you know, Killjoy can only do so much by herself. Like, I've kind of given up playing Killjoy just because I feel like it's so frustrating when, you know, I can't really use my stuff all that well because my team is constantly just dying on the other site when I have my setup on one site or... My team isn't getting the kills to push into sight, so I'm like, I really want to play someone more aggressive, because I, there are times when I just really can't do enough to make to get my team to where it needs to be in like so in like solo queue ranked play. Um, and the fact that now Killjoy is being pushed out of the higher levels as well because of all those weaknesses you were talking about, Cass. She needs some love. She needs some help. And one and one small step would be, like you said, making it so that Ko's nade doesn't break her ultimate. Yeah, I don't know, like, I feel like Sentinels in general should just, like, 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 their, their, their utility just needs more resistances. Like, like, somebody made a list of the number of ways in which you can deal, or just circumvent Cypher's, uh, trap wires, or trip wires, whatever they're called. Yeah. And the list was fucking massive. Number one, you can just shoot them. Right. And, like, when I'm playing against Cypher, I'll often just, like, spam down certain walls. Just be like, eh, like, maybe I'll go lucky. Maybe I'll hit one. Maybe he placed one there. Um, and that's... Sure, am I giving away my position? I mean, yeah, I guess. But, like, that's pretty fucking free. Yeah. Um, the only time that it's annoying to do that is when I'm trying to dash into Cytus Jet or I've got my chamber alt out and I don't want to waste a bullet dealing with a fucking or like yeah same thing with jet knives right like I don't want to waste a bullet dealing with this so then all of a sudden I got to switch back to my classic to get rid of that and then I got to pull the actual weapon out that I'm trying to use um like that's the only time where it's really just like ah fine I got to deal with this but in every other scenario like a raised blast packing in can unintentionally just clear all of Killjoy's shit. Or Cypher's yep. shit. Right? Like, like I feel like Sova's shock darts, especially because they nerf the damage on them, probably still should should be able to handle, like, uh, Killjoy and Cypher's utility and stuff like that. But I sure, feel sure, like... I would agree. Like, I feel like things that are designed for other purposes, maybe should not be able to destroy that utility. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 like, I, I don't know how you create a distinction. Like, what, what, what's the difference between, like, raised blast packs versus, like, Sova shock darts, and now KO's nade, and Raze's nade, 
Like, should Raze's Nade be able to break utility? Yeah, I'd agree so. Or I would agree with yeah. that. Should her Blast Packs? I don't know. Should her Alt? I mean, it's an Alt, so sure, go for it. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 It's a thin line. I don't know where it's it should be drawn in the sand. But I feel like both Cypher and Killjoy need some more resistance and or just outright health to their utility. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And part of it, as I'm thinking about this, part of it is maybe that Riot wants to try to solve the chamber problem first and then figure out how to get the rest of the Sentinels into the right level. Because, um, you know, clearly the biggest issue with Sentinels right now is that chamber is the most picked by far at both the ranked and the pro level of all of the Sentinels. So I kind of wonder if they want to sort of, you know, bonk him down a few notches and then see how things settle and then address the other ones. But yeah, I, I fully agree with you. But I feel like they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like it's not, they don't have to be, no. Oh, we need to bring chamber way down and then we can try to address Killjoy and Cypher. It's, I feel like we can all agree that that both Cypher and Killjoy are both too weak right now. Yeah. We should move them up. And if we're not seeing any any outright changes to the way in which people are picking agent comps, then we can farther tune that. Now, do I agree the chamber's probably a bit overtuned at the moment? Yeah, probably. But I don't think the answer is Nerf the shit out of chamber. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree. And then see where like the meta stays because I think there's evidence enough that Killjoy and Cipher are are just not, outright not strong enough at the moment, right? Like even mm-hmm. if you remove chamber from the game, I don't think Killjoy and Cipher offer enough to be a worthwhile pickup in many scenarios. Um. Especially when you're you're in a scenario in which like oh like Killjoy is just so counterable that so much of it depends on what the other team is picking. Cause if the enemy team doesn't pick a KO, a breach, and a Sova, I understand that obviously that's a hard ask. Chances are. Yeah one or multiple of those agents are going to be on the other team. But, like, let's just say, mm-hmm. for example, that, like, they don't pick any of those. Um, instead, they pick, like, a Sky and a Fade as their initiators. Oh, oh, and they also don't have a Raze, too. Let's say they pick a Jet as their duelist, or now yeah. that Phoenix has gotten buffed, maybe people are going to liken up to Phoenix a bit more. Um, Yoru. <laughs> sure. Well, Yoru kind of deals with their utility in a different manner. Yeah, but that's, that's not true. His decoy. Yeah, no, like that, that's, the, the, that's not the point. But, mm-hmm. you know, then maybe Killjoy in her current situation would be a really strong pick. But But you have to rely on the other team to not pick a whole bunch of agents before it's like, okay, I can get good value out of Killjoy. Yeah. And... Now, as I've said, I, I I believe I've said this in a prior podcast, but I do think it'd be interesting if you could see what the enemy team was picking as they picked them. 
especially yeah and you remember where that ended up right yeah ish but like especially if they introduce like that cascading pick order that like has been rumored and talked about like maybe as you're getting to into the final picks and there's no one on the enemy team that has like that's just like a hard counter to killjoy then maybe it's like oh oh holy shit picking killjoy right now could actually be really strong but because there's no guarantees of anything like that i feel like picking killjoy is just like it's a gamble where you're just like on the losing end the majority of the time yeah Cass, as you were talking, I, I came up with a uh, a buff idea for Killjoy that I kind of like. And okay. that is, leave turret exactly the way it is. The ultimate, I haven't really figured out. Maybe the solution is as, is as simple as just the KO nade doesn't break it and that's it. Um, but for her mollies and her alarm bot, for her mollies, you can't destroy them at all. They are indestructible by anything. And then for her alarm bot, it's indestructible while it's invisible. So once it's triggered and it's coming for your head, you can, well, coming for your head maybe been a little confusing. It scurries along the ground before mm-hmm. it jumps up. So once it reveals itself, it goes, then you can shoot it. But before that point, you can't, like, shoot spots where it might be. Uh, or, so I guess what would also be true is if, if a killjoy like puts it on the ground right in front of you from around a corner, so you see it for a second, you can shoot it then as well. Mm-hmm. But like, if it's invisible to you, or if it's like that red glowy outline, you can't shoot it. And then the mollies, you just straight up can't shoot at all. Because the fact of the matter is the mollies have a very audible sound and are very visible when they're close enough to do damage to you. And along the lines of what you were saying, Cass, the idea of Killjoy is that she's a sentinel who you have to deal with her utility and she can, you know, hold down areas. So if Killjoy could place mollies in positions, um, you know, and leave a site on defense and then she can just be like, yeah, if you want to plant here, you're going to have to either you're going to have to wait for, for me to trigger my molly and then wait for the wait that molly out and then plant like, you know, that all of a sudden adds a considerable considerable bit of value that I don't think is, you know, too strong. If they removed her left-click throw on Molly and made it only the right-click drop, that might be fine. Well, the, the problem is her left-click throw... Wait, what? I don't want there to be another thing that you just outright can't deal with, especially because Killjoy's Molly's are global. Right? I don't want that to be another thing like Astra's Suck, where you put an Astra Suck to Killjoy Molly's on Spike... They can be fucking anywhere. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. And you, you just can't defuse. Like, that. Well, maybe, what, what I would say is the counter to that would be, there's a certain, like, when a molly hits the ground right now, it kind of wiggles back and forth, and you can't activate it right now anyway. Or, like, anyway, I meant to say immediately. You can't activate it immediately. It's sort of like how, you know, when a Sova recon dart hits the wall, it doesn't ping instantly. There's, like, a, uh, mm-hmm. like a little bit of delay. So I think the solution is you can just shoot the molly while it's like setting up. So like if you're on spike and there's a okay. killjoy with a lineup from a spawn, you can shoot the molly before it has a chance to go off. Sure. They'd need to increase that time frame because I've like I've definitely yeah, tried to shoot killjoy mollies before as they come in and like there are times when I feel like I got that and then it goes off. 
Yeah, I, I would be okay with them increasing. No, but it. also it like it, it still has a problem of if they're undestroyable once they're like been deployed and they have been deployed for a bit of time, you're still in the mm-hmm. scenario where like I guess Killjoy is not as omnipotent as Astra, in which like Killjoy needs to have been on site or had a lineup from right when you planted spikes. We've been over this in previous podcasts. Yes, I know. But if you make it undestroyable, like Jesus fucking Christ, it should be destroyable. There should just be less ways to do it. I'm trying to think if there's some solution here. Like if you could like, I mean, like if you have to interact with it, like you're interacting with an alt orb to destroy it rather than no, just to have it, it be fucking shootable. I have no problem with any utility being able to be broken by shooting it. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's fair. I was just wondering if she needs more than that. We and, and this is where I feel like we'd have to see. We'd have to see, and there's there's a lot of moving pieces here. I don't. Is there any utility in the game that's non-destroyable? Um, I mean, Cipher's cages; those are not destroyable. Okay. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Like, b- before they're deployed and when they're deployed, obviously. Um, yep, Cypher's cages are just outright non-destroyable. Yep. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this one's kind of a goofy one, but Brim's Stim Beacon is not destroyable. Um, yeah, okay, fine, I'll give you that one too. <laughs> uh, you mentioned this before as a negative, but Astra's stuff. Um, Viper's uh, wall and yep, and orb. orb. Yep. Yeah. So, so there, there is some okay. stuff that's non-destroyable. So I suppose there are some deployable things that are non-destroyable. Yeah. But with the exception of Asterisk Suck, they don't typically fuck you. Because they're <laughs> non-destroyable. Yeah. Yeah, see, the issue is I feel like Killjoy on defense, the idea of them being non-destroyable is good because you as the attacker should have to not be able to just clear them easily, but to have to actually deal with the fact that it's going to go off when Killjoy wants it to. Whereas, I think the problem is, like you mentioned, of the post-plant, not necessarily that you're throwing the lineup, because, you know, if we implemented the thing I said, you could shoot it before it goes mm-hmm. off. But, like, if Killjoy just, you know, puts the mollies on the bomb and then leaves... But I, as as I think about that, I still don't know how, if that's going to be the end of the world, because... You know, if Killjoy no, 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 has, no. if you as the defense allow the enemy team to take sight, Killjoy to set up with her mollies on the bomb, and then, you know, her to be able to be safe, know when the bomb is being diffused, and set off her mollies, you're, you're not... and that make a significant difference in terms of time in the round, then you've done a lot of things wrong on defense. You're, 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 not, you're not big-braining enough. You have a lineup towards Spike. You just don't use it when they're tapping Spike. You just use it preemptively. So Spike is planted and then you use it. Spike is planted. I know where Spike is planted. Yeah. I have a lineup that gets there. Literally as soon as Spike is planted, I just throw my nades there for that lineup. Right. Now they've been sitting there because my team just planted Spike. We've got control of sight. Now they can't be broken. And now I can be in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Well, yes, but by being in the middle of butt, butt, no, butt fuck nowhere, you're taking yourself out of the fight. We've had this discussion. So, yes. 
right. you can be lurking, right? You're not like necessarily fully out of the fight. You can be going for a late lurk the same way that Astra often does with her star. Well, you you could be going for a late lurk, but at that point, like you're very limited in your lurk to be able to hear the sound of the bomb being tapped, unless you're just counting on whatever of your team is left to play man down, you know, because you're not really contributing at the moment. Like maybe you'll contribute, like if you're lur whether you're lurking or whether you're just playing post plant with your mollies, you're taking yourself out of the fight until the very end of the yeah, round. Again, you're banking we've, on that we've, end we've, of the round value. We, we've had this discussion on how that whole post-plant meta plays in, the same thing that we've talked about with Viper before. But that's not necessarily the point. The point is, in the scenarios in which it does work, it's way too fucking impressive if you can't do anything about it. And now the huge well, thing with Viper or Brimstone or any of those other agents, technically a KO, he's got his nade or whatever, you can force them to not be where they need to be to have their lineup. Right. For example, if you know where Viper's throwing your lineups from, you could brim alt that. And now she can't be there. Now she can't get her lineups to spike. I but feel if like bringing old into this is a little goofy. Okay, fine. You could do a variety of things to stop them yeah. from being there. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You could have a counter brim lineup. Or a counter Sova, Sova lineup or something like that. Fuck. What, whatever. You get the point. You can do things that allow them to not be where they are. Now, the problem that Astra currently has is Astra can be anywhere. And she can still pull you off the spike. Yeah, and, and no one has a problem with, or very few people, if anyone, has a problem with Astra's current power level. Like, I certainly don't. Yeah, sure. But, like, I think Astra's power level's fine. I think it's just hard to get good value of her. In a ranked game, exactly. So, like, so, like, my point is that, but it's possible if Astra to get can do it's that possible. right now, and it doesn't break the game. Does that mean we have to be really scared about that for Killjoy? Number one, Astra only has one suck that she can use to pull you off Spike with. Killjoy has two mollies. Number two, if you put the two of them together, that's a lot of fucking time. You can't be diffusing the fucking Spike. Number three. Post-plant meta is fucking boring. It makes her I, a less interesting game. I disagree about post-plant meta. But we had, we had this conversation before, like you said. It just makes it a boring game. I want... Well, I, I would say absolutely not, because it actually forces you to play a lot more adaptively as a defense and take space you might not otherwise take. So every round isn't the same, tap the spike, wait for a peak, and then have a fight. It's seek out the person with the lineups and or you know, get to retake really aggressively so you can tap the spike, force out the stuff early, and then win the round because, you know, they their stuff didn't work. So I, I couldn't disagree more that post-plant meta is boring. I want to take the fight. Right. So right. Do I that. want you to Go do it. Go find me. the person with yeah, the Yeah, yeah, but, like, when you're in a 1v1, you don't have fucking time to do it, right? Like, the spike oh, yeah, timer, then... the spike timer isn't that long. Right, right. Like, what is it, 45 Cass. seconds? It, yeah, yeah. Cass, if you're in a 1v1 and the, and the other person is, you know, and the other person's got their lineups and stuff, think about it as a scenario in which, you know, you're in a 1v2 and, and the time is ticking down. Like, it, basically, it's a similar situation in which your team, assuming that, you know, you rotated from the other side, your team failed you 
and now you're in a very difficult situation where you have to do something that is statistically improbable in order to win the round. That that's that's the same scenario whether in your one v two versus no lineups or one v one with someone who has lineups. It's just your team didn't set you up well, and now you're kind of you're in a tough spot. Yeah, but at least in the one v two, maybe I'm just a fucking god, and I can just fucking click heads. You know, maybe I I, I shoot the first person, they double swing me from like two different angles. I shoot the first person, I flick over. Holding down mouse one, got RNG, boom, hit the second one on the head. Both kills. I can now defuse Spike. That's a possibility. Playing, yeah. Is it very unlikely? Yes. Yeah. But I'm playing against somebody. There's not a lot of time left on the clock. I need to defuse the Spike. Oh, no, there's a fucking Molly coming in, and I can see it because I'm staring up at it. I know where it's coming from. I can see it fucking raining down on me in like three fucking right, right. seconds it's coming in. And you're just stuck there being like, well, shit, this game sucks. Well, and that's part of it as well with the Killjoy Mollies. That unlike the Viper Mollies slash Brim Mollies slash KO Nade, where like you you only know when you see it flying through the air towards you. With the, with the Killjoy Nanos, as soon as you come up to the spike, if you're being aware visually and audioly, <laughs> uh, auditorily, I guess would be the word, you immediately know if a post-plant setup is happening or not. Whereas you don't necessarily know with those other characters because they don't have to have their stuff down beforehand. So it actually gives you a big heads-up ahead of time. Like, that, that plays into the whole team play thing. Like, if any of the rest of your team has been near Spike at any point after it's planted, they would say, hey, there are KJ mollies on it. And then that means your whole team needs to get their ass into gear so that they, you can either kill the Killjoy or bait out the mollies before you run out of time. So, like, that's one thing that makes it easier to deal with than, like, Viper or Brim mollies. Yeah, I guess. I still Same think if they're just... Song. Okay, yeah, sure, but, like, if they're just fucking indestructible, it's like, that's dumb. Well, like I said, you know, it's it may be true that the Astro Star you only have one of versus the KO... Uh, Killjoy mollies having two of them. Um... But I think one crucial difference is that in the rare exception where you're able to have a teammate body block you to avoid the Astra Suck, except for that, the Astra Suck guarantees that you will not be diffusing Spike. Whereas the Killjoy Molly, she doesn't know if, you know, you're in a two-person scenario if one person got it to half and then the next person is full health so they can stick it all the way from there. Or, you know, you get it to half... Uh, partially eating the first molly and then you know you can tap the at the halfway point and now she's stressed out and has to come in for the kill like you know the even though yes it's more time there are more ways to play around it versus the astra suck where okay you're not diffusing now when you get sucked but the astra suck doesn't also do damage well sure sure obviously Things that do but, damage but, yeah. and can't be destroyed. Dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, I don't know that it's a perfect solution. The issue is I, I like it for defense more than I like it for offense. Which um, is, yeah, I mean, which is, again, something that, like, you run into with a bunch of characters, right? I like yeah. the jet change for offense. I think that's great that you can't just... Or they're, I'm going to fucking waltz into sight. Oh, shit, someone's there. Let me dash out. Right? I like that 
for offense, you have to preemptively plan when you're going to use your dash. Mm-hmm. Great change. Sucks dicks for defense. Well, Jet on defense was the problem, not Jet on offense. But yeah. yeah, but like, sucks dicks. Now Jet went from being like, really good at defense to being fucking dog shit. My utility does dick all. I still enjoy playing Jet. But like, I think that was an overboard change if you just look at one half of the equation being offense or defense, right? For sure, for sure. And I feel like that's obviously something that is very hard to tune in certain agents' kits. Because I personally feel like Viper is dis- is, is disproportionately stronger on attack than she is on defense. And I understand that that might be an unpopular opinion. But if I'm going to ask for a Viper on my team, I'm asking mm-hmm. for that Viper for attack, not for defense. Her ability to lock down a site while good and not something to be overlooked is is not why I want a Viper. Yeah. Like, I want a Viper for attack. And then she's also good. Yeah, I would agree. Um, But so, like, I I feel like, yes, it's hard to look at individual... Like, yeah, it it is hard to balance things in regard to both sides of the equation. And you obviously can't have their kits function differently on attack or defense. Well, here, here, guys, I actually had a new idea as you were talking. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. I was just kind of offhandedly thinking, like, what if there was an agent who, like, just had different abilities when they were on attack versus defense? That would be cool. Be fucking wild. But, okay, sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, uh, I would love to. We could talk about that more because that's mm-hmm. a cool idea. But um, what I was going to say is um, my first I, my first thought is what if you changed KJ Molly's? So, like, Viper's Molly, one Molly can't kill you. You need both if you're 150 HP. Um, however, I immediately disliked that idea because I, I thought that, you know, Riot in general has done a good job of making sure there aren't very samey abilities between mm-hmm. agents. So I agree that that wouldn't be good. Viper so then Molly thought, also, de- like, does decay and or, well, no, yeah, it, it does, does vulnerable. It vulnerables you. Well, it, it vulnerables you, but then that means that if you look at, if you look at how much damage the Molly is doing without the vulnerable, it's actually incredibly small because you're always going to get the vulnerable with the damage. Yeah. So the damage works out to be a little less than one. Like, I don't know. Right, right, right. No, but I'm saying like Killjoy's Molly, if I'm standing in Killjoy's Molly and it doesn't kill me, you don't also get extra bullet damage. True, true. Yeah, so that's why I didn't like that idea. So you and I are in agreement that that was not a good idea. But then I had a, a different one, which is what if... Killjoy, Killjoy's Molly is indestructible, but you only get one. And if that seems like uh, too much of a nerf, then maybe, you know, you increase the radius of the Molly or something like that. Because that takes away the problem of what you said, Cass, of in post-plant, just, you know, have being able to take off a ton of time where you can't be diffusing. That is true. That is true. What if when I'm caught in Killjoy's Molly, what if Killjoy's Molly functions the same way it does right now, but if I'm caught in it, I'm just dead. Because that's, that's how I typically feel anyway. <laughs> when I get caught in a Killjoy Molly, I'm just like, ah, fuck, well, I'm dead. 
<laughs> it's still that because you've also just been immediately hit by an alarm bot, so it does like massive damage. Maybe I don't know, but like, you ever try to go down highway on a set against Killjoys? Well, most Killjoys will have their alarm bot yeah. hit you right as that. Right, happens, right, right. But like, but yeah, you ever you ever try to go down highway on a set and you didn't properly clear out the Killjoy utility? You're just like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck. Well, I'm dead. Oh yes, yes. And shit, dude. That's I play. Why I sometimes I, play Killjoy on a set. Yeah. I play Jet and Chamber, and I'm still fucked. Like, yep. I, I play agents who can fuck off, and I still yeah. don't get the opportunity to. I just get dicked. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like, no, obviously I'm being, I'm joking with that suggestion, but like, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what you do with Killjoy. Um, I think guns should always be able to deal with Sentinel utility. Like, I think face-checking things to deal with them. Should always be an option. The same way. You have way a problem that... with Sage's slow then? No, because that's reactive. You can't be preemptive with that. This is true. That is reactive. Um. Yeah. Now, Phoenix Molly should cancel out Sage slow, just lyrically. <laughs> It'd be funny if Phoenix Molly only canceled out the part of it that it covered, since Phoenix Molly is smaller than Sage Slow, so you could just, like, burn a hole in the center of the <laughs> Yeah, I guess, yeah, sure, but, like, yeah, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> that would look really like, goofy, but, like, you know, it would be cool. Like, there's a Sage uh, yeah, Slow on the ground, and Phoenix s- just goes, boom! What's his voice line for when he throws his Molly? Um... Molly, I don't remember? Fuck, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the fuck he calls it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I played. Shit, Phoenix. dude, I haven't played Phoenix since I just started playing the game. Um, yeah, you used to be a Phoenix main. Yeah, I got my only ever six K ace when I was playing with you in an unrated when you were playing Phoenix. Phoenix, Molly, voice line. All right, all right I got to figure this out. Okay, but we'll get back to this when I find it. Um, yeah. Ugh. Oh, it's it's oh, it's careful now. That's what it is. I just looked it up. Yep. Ah, I yeah. Ah, yeah. Nice. It in my head now. Okay, so he goes careful yeah. now, and then drops that, and then the sage slow just disappears because you know it's fucking fire on ice and shit. And then he just like he runs out, guns blazing. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think that I think that'd be cool. I don't think I don't mm. think sage really needs to be nerfed, but like. I feel like it fit with Phoenix's kit. Just fucking W key it in. Fucking yeah, I, flash, I don't flash, have Molly. That. I don't know. I just think it'd be cool. But um, yeah, I would. I don't have a problem with Phoenix buffs in general at yeah. the moment. So that's good. Um, no, no. But like, at any rate, like I, I feel like you should always be able to face check stuff, right? In the same way, like you know, Chamber's entire kit is based around face checking angles. With the exception of his trap, which is designed for him to not face check that one angle. Oh, shoot. I think I got it, Cass. I got the idea. Okay. Alright, so Killjoy's mollies can be shot. However, when you shoot them, instead of them just being destroyed, they just immediately detonate. So, like, when you shoot them, they just go off. Okay. I now you're on to something. It. I don't think that's a terrible solution. Mm-hmm. Now, are they still destroyable by everything else? Well, that we'd have to discuss. Uh, I mean, maybe. 
Like, if anything, I kind of like the idea of them being destroyable by other things because then you actually have to think about your, your, your utility. Like, if you're cruising down highway and for whatever reason the Killjoy isn't really... Well, highway is not a great example because the Killjoy is always paying attention to that. But, like, <laughs> you know, if you, if you go to... You know, if one person is planting on your team and someone else just, like, you know, is shooting around, they're like, oh, well, let me clear this KJ Nano out and they mm-hmm. shoot it while you're planting. Now, all of a sudden, you're getting mollied. Yeah. So, like, it forces you to be a little bit more, like, thoughtful about it. Right. And if you shoot it when it's right at your feet, when you walk into line of sight, then it's going to go off right at your feet. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I kind of like the idea. I don't know if that's enough of a oomph, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, but I like the idea. I like the idea. Um, now... On defense, I would like for Killjoy to be able to pick her mollies back up. Yeah, I would like you know? that too. But for offense, I feel like you probably shouldn't be able to pick your mollies back up. So that's just kind of like a hard, eh, I don't really know. Because um, I feel like now as someone who technically plays a Sentinel, well, not even technically, I do play a Sentinel character. Fuck, it sucks when the team goes to the other side. <laughs> Now, at least Chamber, yep. I can pick my utility back up, and I get it on a 20-second cooldown. Ideal? No. Well, not your slow, though. Also not my trap, but also, like... Yeah, It's trap. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, now I can't be preemptively set up in ideal locations. Now I have to, like, place one kind of at the entrance where I'm going to retake, and then another one that's farther back out, and be like, oh, well, I'm just going to swing an angle. And if I don't immediately headshot someone or no one's there, then I'm going to TP out. I'm like, you know, I get a second chance, basically, at re-entering this site. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, you get to you get to clear one angle. And then you can leave, and then... And then you're fucked from there. Your utility isn't doing anything for you. But, like, with Killjoy, it's just like... Yeah, what do you do? I mean, like, Cypher can't pick up his, tra- or his, his cages, right? Pretty sure once they're out, they're out. So it's just like, yeah, like, t- like in general, when you're playing a Sentinel, when when they go to the other site, you're just fucked. Now, yeah. the one saving grace Cypher has is Cypher can set his shit up on the other site and then play, like, Cypher can set his shit up site A, play site B. Exactly. There was a team who specifically did this. They had their Viper... And their cipher set up their utility on the other site that they were playing on because they were worried about phase popping the KO alt and running into site. That's really cool. And it worked because phase was getting ready. Like phase ran in. They saw the Viper orb or Viper wall up on B site breeze. And we're just like, we're about to shut this utility off popped KO alt, but it was the cipher who was on B site playing off of the Viper's utility. And that so Cypher, so cool. Cypher's utility got shut off, but that was, that shit was on site A. Wow. Um, it, it was incredibly big brained, right? I love that. I love that. It, yeah. It's so fucking cool. But now again, the one saving grace that you got is, uh, Cypher can do that. Killjoy, I guess could do that with her mollies, but then you're playing with like nothing. Right, like what? what do you, yeah. Like your fucking turret and your alarm bot. Like, 
that doesn't do anything for you. I mean, I guess it does something, technically, but, like, playing Killjoy without the entirety of her kit centered together doesn't seem to make a ton of sense, just based on the way in which her kit works. Um, yeah. Just because the alarm bot pairs so well with the nanos. Um, that, like... Yeah, really yeah. the only the only realistic thing in that case, if you were playing Killjoy on the other site, is if you had mollies at default plant location. Then That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like you've got a molly like, at the entrance. At the pro level, they're going to check that. Right. You've got like a molly at default and you got a molly at like the entrance. Someone is just like, ah, shit, they're rushing me down. And then you'd be able to pop your molly for them at the other site. But then if they do come to the site that you're on, then you got nothing, right? Yeah. You got nothing to work with. You got your fucking turret and maybe an alarm bot. Like, oh, whoop-de-doo. Hey, guys, they're coming. Uh, I'm the Sentinel, and I'm supposed to keep them out, but I can't do any of that. My utility's on the other side, you know? It just, yeah. like... I don't know. I, I don't see on defense why she shouldn't be able to pick her stuff up, but I don't think on offense she should be able to. So, again, we run into this line of, you know... Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like at uh, summing up our conversation here, Cass, it seems like the two things we sort of agree about on Killjoy is for one, KO Nade should not destroy her ult, and two, might be worth looking into her nade detonating when you shoot it rather mm-hmm. than being completely destroyed. Like I'm trying to consider if that was an oversight when the devs thought thought about this idea of it being able to do damage through walls or like not needing line of sight because that was the very first thing that came to mind. Because I remember us talking about it on the previous podcast in which we discussed this change. Yeah. Like, that was the very first thing that came to mind is, like, this just fucks Killjoy. And lo and behold, it does. So, Cass, my my opinion on that is that what they said in the in the post about it was that the, the nade currently feels inconsistent. And I think what their thought is, is that... There are times when, you know, you throw a KO nade at, like, a corner of something. And, you know, a very small difference in where the nade lands can mean the difference between zero damage and Mm -hmm. full damage to someone who's right around the corner. And that can feel frustrating. Um, The thing to me that, where I don't really follow that is that I haven't really heard people complain about that. Whether in my games or on Reddit... Or in pro games, like, I, I have you know, seen, you gotta get your molly in the right place. I, I No, but I have seen pro games, or, like, rounds in pro games where, like, the molly's just a little bit off. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't, it doesn't do its intended purpose. And it's just, like... Well, right, in but that, it's a C ability. Sure, but, like, in that, like, yeah. it feels like, in the context in which it was used, it should have absolutely served its purpose there, and it didn't. Because it needed that line of sight. Now, maybe it just shouldn't be able to do damage through things that you can't fucking wallbang. Yeah, like if that, I can't, that could be one if way I can't wallbang this with a vandal, then damage just doesn't go through. Like. Like, there are things that are hard yeah. fucking Medium walls. penetration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it, yeah, it should get, like, medium penetration in its ability to go through line of sight stuff, but it still does full damage. You know? I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I just can't help but think that, like, they didn't really fully think this through 
when they came up with that. Yeah. I, I like I, I I don't know, but like again, yeah, I, I also go ahead. Well, it's just to say like I haven't actually played the game since this patch really came out, so like I've never seen it being put into effect in game, but like I don't know. I feel like Killjoy's gotten so fucked already. Like, why you got to do her even dirtier? Yeah, and even outside of Killjoy, I don't love the interaction that I saw earlier in the game that I played today where, you know, now you get a full half-sphere under your molly worth of damage as well. Oh, actually, like, that I kind of like that. That seems super strange. I kind of like that, I though. mean, it's it's different, but it's also just a huge buff. Yeah, Kale's another agent in the game that didn't need any buffs. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's like giving Chamber his second trap back. Yeah, it really is. Um. But yeah, okay. I feel like at this point we're just kind of beating a dead horse. Um, yeah, we've talked about this a lot. Let let us know in the Discord if you what your ideas are about Ko's nade. Do you like it? You have a change idea, a change for it, or also about Killjoy? What your thoughts are? Yeah. Um. Okay. So you said you played a game on um on Pearl in a comp yes. setting and not just like dicking around and unrated. Yeah. How'd yeah. That go? Um, it was tragic. Um, we got nine, three cursed harder than I've ever been. Nine, three cursed before. Um, we, we started off the game on attack. We're doing really well. Um, I, I was, uh, 18 and, uh, 18 and nine, I believe, uh, after attack, as Omen, um, we were up 9-3, and then we switched to defense and proceeded to lose every single round. Literally every round. It was 13-9. Damn. Um, and so, <laughs> based on my incredible sample size of one, um, I believe that it's fair to say that Pearl is ridiculously attacker-sided and that defenses will struggle to win a single round <laughs> on defense. <laughs> no. Um here's the thing i ha- i am yet i don't have nearly enough experience to conclude much in terms of attack versus defense but i was appreciating that given the many the many different places you can go from mid especially if you're an attacker it opens up so many options to you because you can sort of loop around to either b or a from mid and you can either go like after you've taken push from mid into either of the defender sides of mid you can then go like ct or directly to either site and that means that you know mid is extremely important and if you lose mid on either side you're really playing catch up on defense because they just could be anywhere um and so in addition to those two points being important, obviously the two main chick choke points of A and B are important as well because I feel like getting a plant down on either site is kind of... It feels relatively easy to me because as long as you can push down B long or smoke off enough to just you know get to default, which is a very safe default on A, um, you know... You can get that plan off. So I, I do feel like 
currently it feels like attacking is a lot easier. But, you know, I'm waiting to see how things evolve. Like, you know, Breach coming into his own on Fracture drastically changed, changed how that map is played. Um, and so something similar could happen with Pearl that really throws things off. But Yeah, but the I Breach was... only really changed shit at the pro meta. Well, true, I don't but see, like I don't can... see a ton of breach on fracture when we play it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, but yeah, initial thoughts are there are a lot of options for the attackers, and so it maybe it does it it is a little bit attacker sighted. I will I will say very preemptively. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. someone else's personal experience. They felt that um, holding A with the judge just, like, had guaranteed value. Interesting. Where were they holding on A with the judge? I don't I don't know. No, they were complaining about running into a jet who was holding A with the judge. Oh, it's just like, she was always guaranteed good for one. Um, that seems really, really anecdotal. Maybe, but I see it. What, what where what angle is the jet holding where she's always good for one with the judge? That's what I'm trying to. Oh, you can out like you head. can give them sight, and you can be sitting like back sight behind. I don't know what the fuck it's called, ticket booth. I don't know whatever that big box in the middle is. Uh, oh, like I, I the don't default, a, the box that people plant. Yeah, I don't have a name yeah, for it, yeah, but okay. like if you're just hiding behind that, the only way anybody's ever going to clear that back sight is they have to swing you close. There's there's no way to peek that from far away. Like, there's no way to clear that from, like, being a decent distance away from that to the point where you're not in judge range. Well, yes, but at the same point, you know, if you get flashed or anything like that and then peaked, like, yeah, yeah. I guess you could do a tie, get a timing kill with it. But, like, there's that, and then there's the fact that, like, because you can get peaked from either side, you can't play just one side. You kind of have to sit in the middle, right? which puts you in less reliable judge-killing range. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't. You can I don't play know. the. You I, can I like play the fifty-fifty right on the inside of the site too. Like right from that main entrance. There's a left and a right side. You know, yeah, you can play yeah, that fifty-fifty with the judge. I mean, but once again, I feel like you're very like most teams are going to do something to disadvantage you there. They're not going to just like dry peek that. Right. They're going to flash, recon dart. I know. Again, know, this is somebody haunt. else's. Something. somebody else's anecdote yeah I, I maybe know. i maybe i should read it to myself but that doesn't really ring true to me just hearing that yeah i mean i, I don't ever play with a judge yeah i like, do play with a judge and that that does not ring true to me there's so many other guns i'd rather have than a judge for less money yeah not that they'd be better but i just wouldn't feel like a weenie I don't know why you would feel like a weenie using a It's such a weenie move using a shotgun that's not the shorty. Actually, it might be it might it might be a big dick move using the bucky. Because fuck that gun sucks. I'd rather have a shorty. Yeah, I was gonna say bucky is a much more chad gun than a shorty. I'd rather have a shorty than a bucky. Yeah, because the bucky you have to hit your first shot, whereas the shorty you can blam blam with someone at close range. The shorty I actually get to have a fucking primary too. Yeah, well, right, but in terms of which gun is, like, more difficult to use and more impressive when you get a kill, I feel like that's definitely the Bucky over the Shorty. Yeah. But the Judge is just, like, just weenie maneuvers. 
See, I don't know about that, but there's something special about the Bucky because since so few people use it, people don't really know how big its range is. I think they assume it's like shorty or judge range for one taps, and you can actually one tap people slightly farther with the Bucky, not by a lot, but by a little bit. So you can really make people actually. Rage actually, if you I gotta a say, Bucky shot. Big dick energy though would be Bucky shorty combo. You know how you like your, you know how you like your your primary secondary gun combos. Yeah, yeah that that's a primary secondary gun combo, right? Bucky there, shorty combo. Why. That's some big dick energy. It's shorty like, you're gonna close range, Bucky for long range. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, you're gonna push me up close, and you're gonna find out that I've got a Bucky, and then you're gonna try to fucking run me down before I can get that second shot off, and you're just gonna find a shorty in your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. See, I feel like that would be a fun thing to try because obviously you'd have to find a way to account for the fact that um, in- instead of trying to time your Bucky shots, they're more likely to try to wide swing you like far away. <laughs> so you have to have some kind of utility to deal with that situation in mind. But yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah. Um. Okay. But I think it's interesting that you find it attacker-sided, because I don't know whether I think it's attacker or defensive-sided, but I don't really like playing Chamber on the map, and I much prefer to play Jet. That might be so an that might, of attacker Yeah, I, that's yeah. what I'm thinking. It might lean into the fact that, like, it might be a bit more attacker-sided. Um, yeah, because, like, just, I experience this a lot in the game. So suppose you're Chamber, and you're set up on, like, to peak B-long, which makes mm-hmm. sense, because Chamber peaking B-long is great. So... You know, you, you, no one shows up B long, you lose someone on A, and it's like, oh, they're coming A, you better rotate. Now, like, you have to rotate, and your options are go CT, which is probably safe, unless they went through sewers, but, like, that takes a while. Um, you could go through, I don't know what it's called now, but, like, mid connector, the thing that takes you from, like, B to the mid doors. And sure. then go to like towards your spawn, but that's yeah. very much not safe by that point in the round. Or you could go like mid all the way around, but that takes even longer than going CT. So like I just mm-hmm. feel like it can be kind of brutal doing like a mid round rotate on that map as a defense. Yeah. Although once again, I, I don't know how much I'm being influenced by that one awful game in terms of defense, but it, I really was noticing some significant you know, problems for the defender side that I don't feel like were just because of us losing aim duels. Hmm. No, I'm not going to get to play it for like a whole nother two weeks. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that falls. Oh, actually, no, maybe that's not true. Maybe when I get back from my trip, people will be done dodging it. So maybe I'll get a chance to play it once I get back. I mean, people didn't stop dodging, like, Fracture, Breeze, and Icebox for, like, months, it felt like. Okay, then maybe I won't get get to play it for, like, two to three weeks. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I got the game in today, so you just yeah, have to go yeah, to the right yeah. group, I guess. But I, I feel like that's definitely going to be, like, Dodge Central for a while. Which is dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, was, I was going on a rant about this. I forget who I was talking to, but, like... When there's a new map, the thing is, if you feel uncomfortable with the map when it came out, maybe you didn't get to play in the map-only queue. Maybe you played in the map-only queue and you hate the map and you feel like you're bad at it. 
unless you plan on dodging every time, which is like either going to waste a bunch of your time or, uh, well, it's going to waste a bunch of your time and likely it's also going to result in some lost RR if you get the map twice in a row or you have to dodge for another reason and then you get that map. Mm -hmm. Um, so unless you plan on doing that, which really doesn't make sense, eventually you're going to have to play the map. And if you delay it for as long for any amount of time by dodging it, you're just putting yourself behind the curve on learning the map. So just suck it up and play it. And if you if you don't dodge early on, then you get to learn the map while everyone else is learning it as well, and so you're not behind at all. So I yeah. I don't understand people who dodge the new map. There 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 are two factors you're not thinking through. Factor number one. If you dodge the map long enough, it gets removed, a la Split. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to dodge Split for, like, almost two... Yeah, over two full years. But, hey... Over two full years of dodge. But, hey, if you dodge Split every time, <laughs> it got removed. Maybe I should have done that. <laughs> um, uh, theory number two. Maybe they just want to watch the pros play the map first. Which is, you know what? Fucking reasonable. Why in um, the flying fuck is Pearl not in the fucking game for like, or like for the current pro tournament that's going on in Copenhagen? Well, I mean, they, they do, was it not two weeks after that? Yeah, it wasn't two weeks. That's What, what it do you was mean it wasn't day. two weeks? The Pearl only queue's been around for two weeks. I haven't well, fucking. I, I've played oh, yeah, Pearl and I haven't well, played Valorant in the last two weeks. I've played you know, like literally right, three right. games in the last two weeks. Yeah, the, I, I thought I thought their policy was if if a new patch hasn't been out for at least two weeks, then they don't play on it. But it had it was two weeks. Yeah. Well, it was two weeks for NA. Maybe there were some other regions that had tournaments that didn't finish two weeks before it that i i'm get i'm guessing that's what it was that's that's my gut feeling because i'm pretty sure oh okay yeah there was like there was like one team who had to play after na finished like optic xset finished and like maybe a day or two later another region finished and that was like that's the last probably one what it was but so it you should be been... mad at that region gas no I'm not mad at the region. I'm mad at the fucking game. Like, like, fuck, dude. Release Pearl two days earlier then. <laughs> like, like, come on. End the battle pass two days early. Just screw over people who are trying to get those rewards. You don't have end. to end the battle pass. You just have to drop the map early. That would be really weird if the map didn't drop with the new episode. It was just like, oh, surprise, <laughs> two days early. Or then just be, hey, it's not going to be 14 days, it's going to be 12 days. Ooh, big fucking deal. Play the new map, you fucking shits. Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I will say... Look, like, it, it actually genuinely sucks that every fucking time something new comes out in this game, we have to wait through a whole fucking professional tournament cycle in which they don't fucking play with that thing in the game. Well, I mean, like my, that's the I'm, stupidest fucking mechanic ever. No, as soon as like I like now, the more that I think about this, the dumber it is. Fuck competitive integrity. If something's in the fucking game, the pro should play with it. 
Well, I think about the, the National Football League and how if they are making it, they're very slow to make changes, perhaps too slow. But one thing that I do like is if they have a significant rule change to make, what they do is they roll it out in the preseason of one season. They see how it goes. And then after that year, like it's, it's a change for the preseason. It's not in effect the regular season and playoffs. And then in the neck in that off season, after that year's playoffs, they say, Hey, did we like this change? If so, let's bring it into the next season for the whole thing. And so yeah, but it's I feel not, like Hey, it's do we like you... this new map that we've created? Because the map is going to be in the game. They're not going to, yeah, but the trial is the just, map and then decide, the oh, is, we don't like this. We're not going to use it. No, you fucking develop the map. Like, you're going to use it. Use well, it right, now. The, the, the issue in both cases is that teams don't have a chance in the NFL to adjust to the rule if it's dropped too quickly in terms of their strategy. And in this case, teams don't have enough of a chance to, like, play the map well. If it feels like the map is a shit show where teams just, you know, have no idea how to... You know, it, where it just seems like the results of it are kind of, you know, not what they should be because teams don't really have a chance to get their hands on it and work on it. That would be frustrating. You had two fucking weeks. Yeah, two weeks on a new map where you haven't, where you've, you know, everyone's learning it in rank. So, like, your ranked experience doesn't tell you a whole lot. Your scrims experience, everyone is figuring out at the same time. Like, I, I, it does suck that at this point, like the, that cutoff was like, it was right on the edge of the cutoff, but I do agree with there being a cutoff. Yeah. I'm fine with the cutoff. Just fucking yeah. plan your shit better, right? Like fucking yeah, get like your ducks in a row. Tough. Like what? We're like, it, it's so fucking stupid that we're not going to see Pearl in this. I would like to see Pearl. In and this. you know, what's even stupider. That they can still play Split. That is a little weird, seeing Split, knowing that it's, like, gone from the game. May it not rest in peace. Like, ah, dude, I don't know. That just, like, it it, it irks me. It happened with fucking Fade. I think it happened with Chamber. Chamber. Every fucking thing that comes out in the game, the next pro tournament that goes live, we don't get to watch it in. Like, just fucking time your shit better. For fuck's sakes. That's fair. That's fair. But, Cass, I did want to go back to something that you said at the beginning, which is that maybe people are dodging until they can see pros play it. Yeah. And that's where I feel like that's really only relevant at the highest levels of play. Like, I don't know, Ascendant and above. Because no, I feel like to it's a certain not. extent the map, the match, the map plays very differently. Any map plays very differently at the ranked level versus the pro level. Sure, and so but I feel like you should just get your. Yeah, paws but it, on but it okay, but it still gives you an idea of like where are people holding, where are key points on the map, like how does it I though? Be, I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, do your, you know, do your, the people in silver games play the same way that pros do? No, I, I don't but know like, about that one. but I learn shit by watching the pros play and I'm fucking silver. Yeah. For, so, I mean, so do I. Exactly. But, but I feel like when it comes to learning a new map, you shouldn't depend on watching pros because yeah, I, I guess this is part of my, my thinking cast, right? Like in, in any case right now, when I watch pros play a map. I compare what the pros are doing to my own experience with the map, and that informs to the the extent to which I 
apply the knowledge I gain from the pros playing it. Whereas if I watch the pros play a map that I've never played before, I just don't feel like I'd gain all that much because I don't have anything to compare it to and be like, oh, I could see this working out or like, wow, I've never seen the other team behave this way. And therefore, like, that's cool to see, but I don't see that ever happening. Like, I mean, like, you know, yeah, yeah, like, I, I feel like it gives you an idea for setups, right? Like, like if you play, yeah, I guess. Like I guess it play, applies to the agents that have set up. Yeah, right? like for example, I watch what Ye does in his game, so I know where to place my stuff, and then I just have better aim than he does, so like I can just outperform that. Understandable, yeah. And like you know, it's a great learning. It's a great learning tool because you know his his setups are very big brained. He just doesn't have the aim to back it up. Yeah, and so yeah. I can put those two aspects together. Yeah, you guys might... I can't believe we didn't cover this at the beginning of the podcast, but Optic is actually signing Cass and moving Ye to the coaching <laughs> position because he's got the setup knowledge and Cass has got the aim. So you heard it here first yeah. if you hadn't heard it already somehow. Um, it's been all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hunter, you weren't you weren't supposed to tell people about that. I was going to have the official like. Oh, no. Okay, well, I can later. cut it out of the podcast. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll just have to edit this that out later. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, but like no, like I like I, I kind of see where people are coming from. They want to see the pros play it, and then it's like, oh, okay, like you know, th- this is kind of how the map plays out. Like maybe this is where I should be. This is how I should set up my viper wall and where I want to put my smoke. Like this is what default is. Like all I'm like, I'm like I'm playing devil's advocate. I fucking agree. Just play the goddamn map. The only okay, map okay. I dodge occasionally is breeze. Sometimes, yeah. When people walked both chamber and jet, and then I'm sitting there dick in hand, being like, "Well, I'm useless." I don't um, really dodge breeze. I just hope other people will dodge breeze. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's actually typically my go-to. Yeah. Like when I don't want to, like I don't want to play breeze. I just hope somebody else dodges it for me. Um. Mm-hmm. But breeze is the only map that I would maybe dodge. But I didn't dodge it when it first came out. I played it. And then I learned that I don't like it. So now I can dodge it. Right, right. Also, fucking, well, since we're talking about the pro meta here, fucking stupid that X that and Optic are playing round one. Yeah, Cass and I were actually ranting about this before the podcast started. Um I don't know that our conversation was all that interesting, so it was probably good it was before the podcast, but, uh, yeah, it's really dumb. Second Masters in a row, NA teams have played in round one. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, has there been, there's been no international tournaments where the finals have been from the same region, right? Um. Oh, I take that back. Ascend Gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Or the. So I, the I don't org. think there've been any masters. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, the org champions formerly, was the only time. Right. The yeah. org formerly known as Gambit. Um. Yeah, against the Sand. I guess they're both. Yeah. I guess they are both. Yeah. 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 I, I was wondering if, like, maybe, like, I'm thinking, like, sneakily, that was something what they were trying to hope to avoid. They're like, oh, we want to have, like, the finals be not teams from the same region, so, like, maybe we pair 
Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Either way, dumb. Um, uh, well, Cass, I'll ask you, who are you rooting for? So just to be clear, um, once again, this is where our the fact that we're doing this podcast kind of early means that, you know, some of these teams will probably be eliminated by the time you hear this. But uh, the teams making it in the playoffs are Paper X, Guild, Fnatic, Fun Plus Phoenix, Leviathan, DRX, Exit, and Optic. Uh, Cass, who are you rooting for to go all the way, and who do you think is going to go all the way? Hmm, that's an interesting thing. Okay, let me look at it. Um... Like, I'm rooting for Xset to go all the way. I see, I see. But... I don't think they will. My money... is probably on Fnatic. Interesting. Like my I haven't seen Fnatic play since the last. Yeah, my money's probably on Fnatic, but a lot of that has to do with again word of mouth because I too haven't seen them seen them play a ton. This is the international stage, baby. Yeah, Wild but things I want... can happen. Also, I I think it'd be sick if uh, Leviathan did well. That'd be cool as fuck. I don't know anybody they're, they're on the team. They're probably the team with the least name recognition. Yeah. Or at least the least experience on the international stage. But, like, I think it'd be sick as fuck if they did well. Yeah. Just because I know nothing about them, namely. Um, so rooting for Xset, think Fnatic will take it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm That's what I'm going with. As for myself, I am rooting for uh, my boys over at uh, Paper Rex. Yeah, who would have seen um, that one coming? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a massive uh, Forsaken fan, and that's uh, a big reason. I mean, I love seeing his Yoru, but also he's just so fun to watch. And the team just is really, you know, good good positive energy, a lot of enthusiasm, easy to root for. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, like, I, I can see that. I feel like they're they're a fun team. Yeah. Um, I wasn't sure what I thought of Xset, and then I saw they were really talking some mean stupid shit where they were like Aaron was saying like, Oh, I really hope we play DRX because I'm so much better than Mako. And I want to prove that it's just like, bro, what, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, oh, I, really, oh. I really want to see Xset just get crushed by DRX <laughs> because of that. Like, I, I think it's like, I am okay with some good natured trash talk. Like, Oh, you know, I want to, no, I, I want to see sure. how we can stack up to DRX. What's up? Yeah, I, uh, what was it? Hold on, let me, let me view the lineup of Xset. I'm pretty sure a bunch of the guys were just, like, intentionally talking shit. Like, for the sake of talking shit. Could be, could be. Like, like, cause, like, I, I think BCJ said something similar about, like, Stax, who's, like, viewed as one of the better initiators in the game. Uh, I, like, I think they were talking shit for the sake of talking shit. But like, I see. Who knows? I, I um, mean, that makes it slightly better. But I feel like it's really weird to do that against a team who you like don't have any history with, and it's like an, an international team because it just comes off as much more mean spirited than like if you're talking shit against you know a fellow like regional team who you like have a lot of history with. You might even know some of the people like personally. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that's perfectly acceptable. Some friendly regional banter. I feel like it's weird to be to say that in a tournament like this, even if it is just a joke. So, like, that that really rubbed me the wrong way. 
I, I just want to see Cryo pick up Jet, actually play Jet, and just dunk on some fools. Well, everybody else yeah, thinks Cryo's that Jet cool. sucks now, and they're they're just wrong. They don't <laughs> have the uh, they they just don't have the ability to to play the Jet that capacity. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is something that Tony and I were talking about earlier. The fucking raise meta sucks. The jet skill ceiling, like the jet. No, no, no! Don't nerf raise. Raise is fine. Buff jet. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't. Yeah. Oh no! 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 Ooh, ooh, wrong! <laughs> wrong step there, Cass. <laughs> Buff the other duelist. <laughs> okay, but like, like jet has the highest skill ceiling in the game. Uh oh! Uh oh! We got so a it makes sense. In the chat, everybody. It, it, it makes sense that the best players in the game with the most mechanical aim are going to pop off on the character with the highest ceiling. But you know what was fucking sick? Watching somebody run mm-hmm. in with knives and fucking click on some heads while fucking dashing okay. and updrafting about. That was so fucking hype. Now it's, oh, Raisnade goes in, gets three kills. Okay. Here comes the party. Yeah, like, it, it's like, yeah, sure, raise is good, and I understand that, like, because you're playing a chamber and you don't need jet on the off anymore, you can use raise's other utility to do other things, and raise is probably a bit of a better team player than jet is. But, like, it's just not as hype. Yeah. It, it's not I... as sick. Ra- raise's skill ceiling isn't there. Raise has AoE. You know what jet knives don't have? AOE, you gotta click their fucking head. Yeah. Like, yeah, I personally feel like, I said, you know, you said Raze doesn't need a nerf. I think her nade needs a nerf. I think that the little bomblets, like, not the initial explosion, but the four that come off of it, I think they need to have a smaller radius. Because I've played this game since launch. And it's there's still times I'm like, what the fuck? Really? That hit okay. me? I don't think they need a small radius. I think they need better visual indicators. Now, could that be an di- indirect nerf to raise? Potentially. But I what just do you mean think, by better visual indicators? I just think I need to know whether I'm in the fucking range or not. Because there are a lot of times uh, where I think I'm use... out. I think there's yeah. a lot of times where I think I'm outside of the range and then like I still take damage. Or like I'm sitting in a corner being like, nah, I'll live here. And then I don't. Yeah. Like, like I, yep. I, I think it needs I, a better visual yeah. indication of where it does and does not do damage. Thing is, since it's a grenade, I don't really know how you do that. That's the problem. Like I, I KO mean, that problem is exactly the problem. Well, yeah, go ahead. Ko nade visual indicator is a grenade. Sova shock dart visual indicator is a grenade. Here's the issue with both of those. Both of those hit their target. They bloom with the visual indicator, and then they do damage. Whereas with the with the raised bomblets, they're bouncing around and moving, and then they go off. Raise so like, would you okay. have the visual no, indicator okay. be moving nobody's, as they're bouncing? N- nobody's complaining about the initial raise nade explosion. No, but the bomblets go up and yeah, then yeah, they yeah, bounce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Those should just have a visual indicator around it, and then they go off. I don't know. Something. But my point is that the visual indicator would be moving a lot. And that's okay. Okay, okay. Cool. Yeah, if, if you're if you're good with that, then that, that would Like, work. Sky's cabbages are moving. There's a visual indicator on where they are. 
it's the fucking cabbage in front of me. <laughs> the visual indicator on the cabbages as well. It's the cabbage. There's a fucking cabbage. Like, 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 I, I know where Time it is. To eat it. Um, yeah. There's no visual indicator. You know, if indicator. Sky needs a nerve, you could say that, you know, when you when the cabbage hits you, you get a boost of health because you had a nice healthy meal of the cabbage. <laughs> um... Yeah, that, that's the only, like, uh, like, but I don't think Rage yeah. needs to be nerfed. Like, whatever. The, the nade's fine. At least she doesn't have two of them. Is um, it, though? <laughs> right, the, right. Na- the nade's fine. Like, it's her E. It's fine. It's just not as cool. I think Rage is just fucking lame. I don't think she's lame. I think she's just really unique and really strong. Because, like, the nade... Isn't, I mean, theoretically, you don't have to aim. I mean, obviously, you don't have to have traditional aim well to make it work. But, like, figuring out how to use it to maximum effect, you know, that does take some skill. Raises I think the, the problem is it's just too easy to do chip damage. Raises the Call of Duty noob tube of Valorant. <laughs> it's good, yeah. but it's just fucking lame. Well, I mean, the noob tube got its name from, you know, spawn camping, which isn't what Ray... Ray, Ray I don't know of any lineups to spawn that you can throw a name. What? No, no, no. The noob tube didn't get his name from, like, lineups to spawn. The noob tube got his name because you could suck dicks with it and still get kills. A la That's interesting. Game. We're going to have to have Alex back on this podcast because he told me the reason the noob tube got its name is because you would camp respawn points with it and just rocket people immediately when they would respawn oh i mean yeah obviously you can do that with it i mean it really became infamous back during the modern or at least i think it became infamous back during the modern warfare two days where there was this little thing called one man army um in which you just had infinite noob tubes and there are a couple maps in which there were a couple lineups you could learn and whenever you saw the kill feed that someone died, you just fired a grenade in this lineup and it would land on them and you'd get kills and then you'd just get more ammo out of the one-man army perk or whatever. But, like... No, no, no. Like, I'm pretty sure it got its name because you don't need to fucking aim with it. Mm. It has AoE. does not require skill. You look in general direction, you pull trigger, they die. Same thing with the judge, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, this is where I don't agree with this line of thinking. <laughs> yeah. is, uh... The judge requires no skill. Does it yeah, require I think, I think foresight? Skill, yeah, does it require really foresight and thought process? And Perhaps. Cast. Yeah. But, like, you it just requires... You aim skill so yeah, 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 much higher okay. than strategic skill. Sure, but, like, okay, either way, it requires no mechanical skill to throw a grenade at someone. Now, obviously, the blast packs, those require mechanical skill. The yeah, blast yeah, packs definitely. are cool. The blast pack element to Raze's kit is actually really cool. And I think that's a very unique mechanic that I really enjoy. Definitely. I just think it's way less hype than a jet fucking running in and clicking heads with knives. Um, but yeah. Well, Cass, I'm realizing I never actually told you what team I think is going to win it all. I just told you the team. That oh, yeah, yeah, that is true. That all, is true. Is Paper X. Um, <laughs> the reason I didn't launch into it right away is because I wasn't really, I'm not really sure. Um, 
you know, I'm going to just go ahead and sort of default to the to team that I'm going to be rooting for as my second favorite team to win it all, which is DRX. So I'm going to say DRX. This is the year Vision Strikers finally uh, takes it all. They're going to be fueled by the uh, the trash talk. Yeah, I think Except, you're just, you're you're just barking up two wrong trees here. Well, the first one, I'm confident that I want Paper X to win. Okay, sure, DRX, sure, sure, sure. With sure, them sure, winning sure. it all, I really have no idea. I feel like DRX has, like, no shot. Nah, nah, they got this this time. I feel like DRX has no shot at winning. Um, and I feel like Paper X also kind of has no shot at winning. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see, you know. It's an international tournament. These They haven't played each other before. I mean, I've heard that DRX and Paper X have scrimmed. But, like... Who knows? Maybe you'll see them in the grand final. You won't, but like maybe you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's always a possibility. Yeah. Well, all right, Hunter, is there anything else you really want to cover? I know this is like verging on the shorter end of podcast here, but I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm kind of fucking dying here. <laughs> all good. Yeah. Uh, my The one topic that I wanted to that I said that I uh, had in my pocket. I could actually save that because I think it would be a good one to discuss the chase. I'm happy to wrap it up here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know if you're interested. Well, I think we might have. John uh, Chase will probably be back next week. Um, well, I, I won't be back next week probably. That's the oh, thing. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. But this Man, topic doesn't guys, relate to. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. Movies, I'm just saying so like you fine. guys and going on vacations and not not being able to record. Like, what's up with that? There is a chance I'll be able to record <laughs> next week. I just can't count on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally fair. Totally fair. Um, but with that, uh, we'll drink with you later.